Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to our podcast on one of your favorite platforms, I'm glad you're here. At this time, I would like to thank our partners and sponsors for their dedication to helping the show to grow. We cannot do what we do without their help. You've reached the Millennium Beat. I am so glad you're here. Today, I have Dave Ebert. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here and and uh, talk about uh, what's going on up here in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. I've never, that's one city I've never been to. I've been to Boston. I've been up Texas. I've been to, you know, a lot of down the East Coast, but never to Chicago. So you're out there in Crest Hill, which is Right near is a suburb of Chicago. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's Just cool. barely out of the shadow of the Sears Tower, and uh, I am a traditionalist, so it'll always be the Sears Tower, no matter how many times they try to rename it. And now, is it called the Sears Tower right now, or is it something else? Uh, a company bought the uh, rights to the property. It's now called okay. the Willis Tower. Yeah. Uh, they're a, a, a British insurance company, I think. Okay. So it's like no. Nah, it's always going to be the Sears Tower. I don't care what you do. Yeah. I mean, I think what one of the reasons why people might not recognize it's Sears, the older, the younger they are, the less they know what Sears is. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. Sears and Roebuck, you know. It's, uh, especially in, you'll uh, blow somebody's mind if you start talking about the Sears catalog, and oh, the Sears yeah. Roebuck catalog. So, yeah, I, I'm dating myself a little bit for uh, those that are listening. Uh, the, you know, but uh, look in your history books. You'll, you'll see about oh, Sears and Roebuck and Montgomery Ward and you know, the history of when, you know, when things were great. Oh, yeah. Things have changed a lot. I mean, it's, it's like funny you talk. I mean, I remember I'm old enough. I'm, I just turned 61 and I don't I have, you know, age is age. You know, I, I know people from, you know, 13 years old and up, you know, I mean, I do know some of the younger people, but I, they're too much of a kid. You know, usually around 13, they start getting a little bit better. But um, there's things like I remember we had AM, FM radio um, only right after I was born, but we only had AM radio when I started <laughs> Wow, so that yeah. really dates me, you know. I mean, it's just, it's. I mean, I remember eight track tapes. I remember, you know, I, you know, I even remember CDs. Which, you no, know, today everything has got away from that. You know, we're everything is online. Everything is online. So, so Dave, tell me a little bit about yourself. Were you born in in um, Crest Hill or or, or Chicago or where were you born? In? Let's we'll hear about a little bit about little Dave. Well, I never was little Dave. I, I was born at about 10 pounds. So, uh, 
I was born in Chicago and uh, grew up in uh, southwestern Virginia down in uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. Uh, my uh, dad was a Vietnam veteran, and uh, when I was about four or five years old, he started uh, getting the after effects of the Agent Orange chemical. So his health oh. declined very quickly, and we moved to a slower-paced lifestyle in, uh, in the south uh, to get him out of the city. And he turned a six-month prognosis into 22 years, so it, it was a good choice. And uh, so moving down, I, I was young, but the South really just never was home. So eventually I uh, moved back up here to Chicago because this is home, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, I love the Cubs, love the Bears, no matter how many times they break my heart and can't figure out what to do with quarterback. I uh, love the Bulls. Of course, yeah, right as I'm you know, growing up. You know, Michael Jordan uh, mm-hmm. winning six out of set, uh, six out of eight years, and uh, you know LeBron will never be the goat because there is a goat. It's Michael. Um, okay, but yeah, I get this question. I was thinking of when you're talking about it. there um, was a TV show that was based. You know, out of, I can I can remember the the stadium and stuff like that. Do you remember what TV show that was? That based on the Chicago Stadium. Yeah, you know that they, they showed it. Was it something like? I don't know. It was a sitcom or something out of Chicago, but it was years ago, probably back seventies or eighties. But yeah, I don't remember it. I just remember the stadium and the Cubs. Yeah. I've heard of it. You know, I you know I, I live in Florida now. That's where my studio office is. Is, is in Florida and Daytona, outside of um, um well, I, outside of Daytona and outside of um, Orlando. I'm in the middle. Um, but I, I'm from Boston. If you can't tell my accent, I'm a Bostonian, you know, it's like, where you park your car, you know? (laughs) So, so I, you know, I grew up uh, up there in new England. I lived up there for about 30, 31 years. And now I've been down here ever since. So I was always saying that it was, um, in, um, coming up this summer that I would have been here longer than there, but I redid the math and the math didn't add up. So I'm a little bit you know, wrong. It, it will be like another year or so, and then I'll be here longer than, than, than so, so you, you, going back to your story, um, you said you were, um, you were born in Chicago, but then you moved down South and then you moved back to Chicago. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about that life. What it was like the second time when you were back up in, the, in that area that you are in now. Sure. So I haven't grown up in the South um, and never feeling at home there. There's a bit of an identity thing there. Okay. And uh, uh, growing up, I ended, ended up being in, in a deep depression uh, for many years. Oh, wow. And uh, when I finally uh, turned my life over to the Lord and started pursuing uh, Jesus seriously, uh, he, he led me back home to Illinois to uh, use my passions. And one of my passions is, is comedy because I used to use comedy as a way to mask uh, the depression I was going through. And now I'm using it as a way to minister to others who uh, need to laugh. They, they need to realize or they need the break from the burdens of life. Mm-hmm. And God showed me that you know, using comedy as a mask was was uh, using comedy was what he wanted me to do, but he needed to change the why instead of uh, hiding myself and trying to use that as a mask. It's now a way to bring people to him to show okay. that there, there's a hope and that there's uh, more to this life than what we see right in front of us. And when I finally turned my life over to him, uh, he uh, opened the door for me to uh, move out of West Virginia because I was saying West Virginia, Virginia, they kind of intermingle because right along the right. border. And uh, so I moved back to Chicago, uh, ended up living on my sister's couch for a couple of years. 
uh, met my wife, and now I, I'm on her couch uh, ever since. <laughs> but uh, the whole uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, it, the whole thing is, uh, you know, God is allowing me to use those years of depression and uh, and the right. comedy that I developed, and He's now redeeming all that lost time to minister to people and to uh, to help people who are hurting and lost and need to know that there is a, a Father that loves them. Mm-hmm. So, when you say you use comedy as as a as a, as a a ministry point and stuff like that. Where do you do that? Do you do you stand up comedy? Do you do churches that you go and then you speak and you do comedy? Or well, tell me a little bit about that. How do how, how do you do that? How would I see you in a sense? Okay, uh, one of the the biggest things we do is uh, we I have an improv team and we okay. perform a lot of, at a lot of churches and church events. Uh, with just clean comedy that's accessible for all ages, because as I'm sure you know that, you know, just because it says comedy doesn't necessarily mean you can bring the whole family. Uh, right. There's a lot of uh, a lot of comedy that I, I would be embarrassed to listen to, much less try to bring the family to. Right. Uh, but we we do it so that uh, whether you're a, a grandkid, a great grandkid, or a great grandmother, you can come together, laugh, enjoy it, and we truly believe that laughter is a gift from God to help us, uh, you know, deal with the stresses of life. Because I don't mm-hmm. care how good your life is, you're going to have a little bit of stress. Uh, you know, you hear all about uh, Taylor Swift and, and Kelsey. You know, they've got everything in the world at their fingertips, but they still have to deal with stress. Oh. And you know, so it doesn't matter where you're at in life. Uh, there are some things that you can laugh off, and we, you know, we do that uh, around uh, the Chicagoland area. Uh, we also do a lot of fundraisers. Uh, one of our biggest uh, causes is uh, Royal Family Kids Camp, which is a camp for foster kids. And every year we do about five different uh, fundraisers uh, to help uh, send foster kids to a summer camp where uh, they're treated like kids, not just a number in the system. Okay. And so that's one of our passions. And outside of performing uh, for the last five and a half years, uh, I've been uh, using improv to, uh, to help women who have survived sex and human trafficking okay. uh, help them in their recovery. Uh, because once you escape that lifestyle, and many people uh, saw the movie Sound of Freedom, mm-hmm. uh, once you escape that lifestyle, there's still an immense battle ahead of you because you've got to rebuild their, your life. Many, especially if they're adults, uh, many of them leave, with a, leave that lifestyle with a record because the courts and many of the cops don't care why they're on the corner and why they're doing the things that they're doing. Uh, they just know that that they are doing it. And therefore, you know, they got to step in, they got to, uh, prosecute. And so many of these women have drug charges, prostitution charges, and they're deemed as unfit parents. And so they're fighting the courts they're fighting to get uh, housing. Uh, they're fighting to get jobs. And so, um, yeah, just because they left, that doesn't mean the battle is over. And since 2018, we've been able to go in and work alongside organizations that help the these survivors get back up on their feet. And we use comedy as a way uh, to help them heal, uh, tears down the walls that they've built in order to just uh, to survive, and also to to break the you know cause a paradigm shift. Because mm-hmm. frankly, it's guys that kind of look like me that have been there. Their Johns, their customers that have put them through years of, of literal hell, and so I'm coming in as somebody that is a healthy guy that's happily married, 
and I'm able to just break the paradigm to where they can now start to realize that, okay, not every man is out to hurt me. Not every man is out right. to, to use me and abuse me. There are decent men. And, and that's not to me, I'm not tooting my own horn saying I'm this great guy. It's just, it's God is using me and he's redeeming right. uh, all those lost years uh, to depression that I had. And he's now using it as a way to help others avoid those pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one of the things we were talking about a little earlier in your conversation about being a prisoner. I mean, they were a prisoner of sex trafficking and then they escape or that you get them and you recover them and stuff like that. And, and, and it's like a lot of things is, is you might be escaped or you've gone out of the system, but a lot of times you're still trapped in your mind in your brain, your own, your own self. So they need to, um, you need to help them get over that too, is where they're not a prisoner, even though they're free, they can walk the country, walk the world, but they have to get free inside their head. And that's a lot where Christianity comes in and it can help them do that. And then you use your comedy kind of, kind of, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know how to use the, what analogy to use other than it's a, it's a stepping stone. It gets them opened up a little bit, you know, because they can laugh and they can have fun and stuff like that. So you do all that kind of stuff. So it's cool. I'm glad to hear that. It's very uh, disarming um, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they, as part of the programs that they're in, they're, they go through the traditional therapy with, uh, you know, the psychiatrist and, and everything uh, trying to deal with the, you know, the, how does that make you feel or, or, you know, all these different things that are very hard and burdensome. Then we come in a couple of times a month where it's fun, it's free, it's creative. And it, it's there. It's like play-based learning for, for kids in school that they're learning while they're playing and they're able to uh, find, and we're able to plant seeds of the gospel in a very, disarming way it's not us preaching and saying oh you just need to give it to god you don't have enough faith no it's just hey we're doing this it's fun god loves you and and, you know we're focusing on hope this week and hope tell you know the bible tells us this about hope and and it's it's such a blessing to see these women who come in carrying the burdens of the world literally be transformed uh from somebody uh, just hunched, you know, hunched over, arms crossed, looking like they're ready to just explode on somebody, to laughing like, like a little girl again, uh, right. because many, many of these women, the first time that they were sold was by their parents or by a relative at eight, nine, ten years old, because you know they were the only currency they had to buy drugs, and instead of having, you know, five hundred dollars cash to get what they needed. Uh, here, here, take my nine-year-old for an hour. And it, it's, it sounds very brutal because it is brutal. And right. it's happening not just in Chicago. It's happening in the suburbs. It's happening across the U.S. Uh, we, we call ourselves the land of the free, but there are still a lot of slaves. Uh, like you said, they're slaves in the mind as much as they are physically because right. many traffickers, it's not that they're being trafficked and hidden in a warehouse somewhere. Many of the, the survivors, they come from places where they were still living their life. They would still go to the store. Uh, many the kids, they still go to school. But it's what happens outside the public view is where the, the torture comes in. And the traffickers are excellent and at manipulation and convincing these these victims to hide it so that they don't lose 
what they know in, in exchange for uh, the world that they don't know because right. they don't know who they can trust. They don't know where they can go. And so there, there's no incentive to really leave because you don't know who you can go to. Right. I'm thinking also too, from past interviews that I've done professionally and also from my shows, you know, sometimes the, the sex trafficker grabs a girl and, and it's a family and then you, you're right. She does go home. And, and this trafficker says, hey, I know where you live. I know you have a sister. I know you have a brother. If um, if you tell or you do something um, that's not what I want you to do, I'm going to get them. I'm going to yeah. either kill them or I'm going to whatever. Uh, it kind of holding that leverage over it. So the kid has mm-hmm. to obey because they love their sibling and they yeah. want or protect or their mother or father, you know, like, uh, you know, they go, they want to protect them so they don't do anything. So they're stuck and they're prisoners. Uh, and because they're so young, they don't, they can't rationalize the saying, Hey, um, if, if I'm going to do something and they're not going to do something to them, I'm going to do something to, to the sex trafficker. I'm going to get them caught, you know, right. but they're too young. They don't think that way. And it's just, um, it's a shame. And you think it's just like someone was saying is, do you know, like this, I don't know the statistics stats of it, but it's like the Super Bowl was one of the most traffic spots or times in, in, in the, in the, in the the country yeah it's absolutely one of the most concentrated because uh the super bowl whether or not they're actually attending the game there's the atmosphere there's the the regalia everything's going on so you have these are very wealthy people coming into town that want to be entertained and so people figured a way that they can entertain them also because there's such an influx of tourism and and people coming in for the game, for the everything around it, that it's very easy to get lost in plain sight uh, and just move people around back and forth. And, and to your point, there's such a manipulation there that no one knows who they can go to to say, hey, this is not right. And it, it's very similar to in the 17, 1800s with slavery. Uh, you know, the slaves that wanted to leave the plantation they were afraid to because they had people that they cared about that would be left on the plantation who would be made an example out of. They'd have kids that would be sold if they tried to leave and not to mention the physical abuse they had to go through. So it's such an evil. And as much as we want to hate the the owner, the slave owners, the, the traffickers, it's not, them that we need to really be against it's it's the spiritual aspect because there is an enemy that wants to ruin innocence that wants to hurt kill and destroy and that's what the enemy is doing through trafficking by creating this this very appetizing fruit that seems harmless oh sure yeah we'll we'll, we'll just hire a prostitute for the night it'll be fun it's a, it's a guy's night let's do it or or even We'll watch a movie that features uh, women and think right. that, oh, they're just actresses. Yeah, there are a lot of actresses, but there are also a lot who are being forced to do it. Forced to do it. And so the, it's a $150 billion industry. Uh, and anytime that you uh, hire a, a prostitute, anytime that you rent a, an adult film, if you will, when you go to a gentleman's club, you're feeding into this industry, and you cannot discern because you're already in the darkness. You can't discern which ones are there of their own free will. So you're participating in slavery, whether or not the people you're actually viewing or or, or, or commercing with 
are, are slaves themselves, but you're part of a slave industry. Right. You know, it's just—I don't know. It's just—it's—it's it's disgusting. It's just—I—I—I I, I don't remember the first time I ever heard about sex trafficking. I know um, someone down south. There was a group of like at, at a coliseum that they would meet together once a year and stuff like that. I don't even remember what it was called. So there was probably around the 2010, 15, or something like that. That was the first time I ever heard of anything to deal with sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And it's just recently we've been doing, as I said, between myself and then, and then the, sh the TV show, station I work for, they also do a lot on it. And, and we've got the people that are constantly around the world trying to um, stop this from happening. But you're right. You know, if the thing is, if you partake in it, you know, by watching it or being in it uh, of some sort, you know, whether it is being, if they're not sex trafficked, but still you're supporting the industry and uh, enabling everybody uh, to keep sex trafficking going compared to trying to destroy it, you know. So, right. so what are some, um, what are some of the ways you think that people fall into that trap? I mean, of, of being sex trafficked, you know, some, are they kidnapped or are they persuaded? What do you think is happening? Now, a lot of people will, will think of uh, the, the Taken movies as like, oh, that's how it happens. It does happen that way, but primarily, uh, if you look at the movie Sound of Freedom, a lot of it happens that way, where somebody comes in, promises the sun, moon, and stars to people that are struggling, and they think, right. wow, this is a way out. Uh, and and it's not just you know kids and people from third world countries or, or impoverished countries. Uh, in America, a lot of it is, you know, girls that are, uh, they're isolated, uh, maybe, you know, they're, they're not fitting in with a crowd, and then somebody finds them online and starts saying, hey, you are so beautiful, you know, are you seeing, and so these conversations start, and finally, the, these girls are getting the attention they think that they want, and so they're willing to ignore red flags, they're willing to do things where they'll meet somebody by themselves. Uh, so it's it's such a wide net of how they catch uh, the the people that end up getting trafficked. It's it's always through some sort of manipulation, offering something that they need. Uh, with uh, some of the women that I've worked with, it, it starts with the parents selling their children for for drugs. Uh, others, uh, it's a boyfriend who says. And that they claim to be a boyfriend. I love you, babe. I love you so much. Uh, we just need some more money for rent. Uh, my friend, you know, he really could, he could use a good night. Why don't you for a few hundred yeah. bucks? And then now, now that that door has been opened, now the shame and the guilt is used against these women. And now it goes from, can you help my friend to, Hey, we really need more money. Why don't you go do this, that, and the other thing. And then it, it spirals out of control. So right. there are so many ways that, that it happens because we, we were fighting against an enemy that's very crafty. Uh, he knew how to manipulate Eve and get her to take that forbidden fruit. And he's still manipulating Eve to this day, getting her to take the forbidden fruit. And it, it's a spiritual war, and it's a war that we as men of God have to fight. We have to put on the full armor of God and, and mm -hmm. be willing to have the uncomfortable conversations and tell— um, 
you know, tell our fellow man that no, don't partake. There, it is not not a victimless crime to to, to hire a prostitute or to watch a, 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 a an adult film. It's not right. victimless to go to a nightclub and watch women dance. All these things are evil, and you're participating in the darkness. And we have to stand as men, interceding that the, these women and the and these children, men that are being trafficked get freed, but also that the addictions that men are and women are suffering, that they're freed from those addictions so they no longer become participants in that industry. Right. What I'm thinking, there's two things I'm thinking of, of earlier in your conversation. We're talking about manipulation, and we've always said this, manipulation is witchcraft. Whether it's in a church environment um, mm-hmm. or giving, you know, or doing something like that, people where they're manipulating you, whether it's the world, it's still, the root is witchcraft, which is demonic. Wow. That's the first thing I think. The second thing is, is, is the devil, his goal is to destroy. Well, going back to Moses and Jesus, what did they do? He killed the babies because they, he, he felt threatened. So he, it's what he did. He killed the babies. Well, they're still doing that, you know, today. Yeah. But also the thing is they're also changing uh, the identity there and it's got worse. I mean, t- in today's society, People don't know. I, I was born a boy. Oh, well, am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I it? You know, they, they, they he's the devil is, is say, okay, if I can destroy their identity, then I can destroy their relationship with God because they don't have an identity. They don't know who they are, right. and and you know they're trying to find who they are. I mean, you know, how many teenagers I've dealt with teenager guys and girls that you deal with them and they they don't know who they are yet. They're they're still finding themselves. They're you know they're still growing. They're maturing maturing <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know their their hormones are changing their the concepts of what they know is good and evil is they're learning they're maturing in their faith or whatever yeah. it, they're understanding their identity who they are i mean because if we if we know who we are in christ then we have uh we have a tool and a weapon to fight the demonic forces yeah. and the devil is trying to destroy everybody's identity in this, and that's the biggest thing right now where like People don't know who they are, you know, literally, they, they physically don't, and they're getting them at a young age now. You know, that's a whole nother show yeah. about, you know, where, where they're being doctorated at, at kindergarten, first grade and second grade, saying, well, you say you're a boy, you know, but, you know, maybe you're a girl, maybe you're a cat. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's got crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it really has. But again, going back to the devil, he wants to destroy, whether if he can kill him in the womb or kill him, you know, a a year old or two years old, if he can't physically kill them, he's going to kill their dream and, and kill, you know, who they are, their identity. And they're spending their whole life trying to get, figure out who they are. And, and, and that's what we have to do is say, Hey, you're a child, whether, you know, if you're a Christian or not Christian, you're still a child of God. Yeah. You're made in his image. You. You're made in his image. You just, some have accepted it that you're a child of God and some haven't yet, but they will. You know, so, so there's a lot going on in this world and, and things like that. What are, because we talked about some of the things of way they're being trafficked and how they're getting caught and stuff, not caught, but in caught into it. What mm-hmm. are some of the of things that are, we can do today to fight against this system? Because it's a big battle here. We can do it spiritually, but in the physical world too, what can we, some of the things we can do? And, uh, the, I would just say the the biggest way to get involved in combating against it is if you see something, say something. There's the National Trafficking Hotline, which you can call 
and and just report it. You can report it anon- anonymously. Uh, if you see something that looks suspect, you see maybe a, a young uh, Hispanic child with uh, a uh, an older white guy, and you're like, that doesn't look right. You know, this seems. Mm-hmm. Or even if you see uh, a change in behavior of a teenager that maybe you're, is in your life, and you see suddenly they have a bunch of new clothes, but you know that their family doesn't have that available. Uh, they maybe have one or maybe they have two or three cell phones and you're like, that, that family doesn't believe in that sort of thing. The cell phones become a, basically, uh, the work, you know, the, the release ink, you know, like the ankle that, uh, anklet that, uh, sometimes parolees wear, you know, that right. cell phone, the second or third cell phone becomes, uh, a tracking device. So if you see something, say something, because in all honesty, as embarrassing as it may be, it's better to be wrong and report than to be wrong and not report. You know, it's better to see something and say something and, and be wrong about it than to see something and dismiss it and then realize months or, or weeks later that you could have saved somebody. You could have helped somebody. So the biggest thing is, is don't necessarily go searching for it unless you're a trained law enforcement officer or you're with a group that's trained and knows how to, to go in. Um, you're not a hero. Uh, right. But if you see something and also trust the Holy Spirit, uh, pray about it. And if you feel like the Lord is leading you to report something, get on the phone, and report it. The, the National Trafficking Hotline takes millions of calls each year. And they vet them and see which calls are legit, and they pursue. And uh, the last uh, year they had uh, data, uh, they've seen that there's an actual increase during the pandemic. Why? Because everyone's locked away at home, desperate mm-hmm. for uh, socialization. And so now the traffickers have a captive audience to convince people like, hey, you're locked away. Why don't you come have some fun? And then that uh, spirals out of control. Uh, so the biggest thing is is obviously prayer. Second thing is don't be afraid to speak because right. the people that are ensnared, they don't have a voice. They don't have the ability or the freedom to speak, but you do. So if you see it, say it. Mm-hmm. I'm also, um, I was thinking of, of some stuff that was going on in you know people's lives and stuff like that. And, and one of the things I'm thinking of is people need to have their eyes open. It's, you know, yeah. the, in the negative sense, people, they don't woke, you know, but, you know, they need to wake up. I mean, because they've gone walking around society with their eyes closed and their or blinders on that they actually don't see it. They don't they're not looking for it. Um, I mean, the analogy that just came to my head is kind of like when you buy a car, you, you buy a unique car that you um, you love it. You love the color, the style and stuff like that. You never see it. You buy it. And all of a sudden you see them everywhere mm-hmm. because your eyes were open to that car that and you so you see them. So let's pray that the people's eyes are open, that they can tell that, hey, that doesn't look right, or that phone situation doesn't look right, or this situation, that doesn't look right, um, and then report it, you know, and I mean, you're, and that's the biggest example. You were talking about the young Spanish girl with an older white guy, you know, it just doesn't, I mean, it's a shame, unfortunately, we get to that society, because you never know the situation. It might be right. his granddaughter or something like that, and and you just don't know. But we're in a society today that it happens. You have to be on the on the cautious side. So so wrapping up here a little bit, how how can people get a hold of you? What how if they wanted to talk to you if they, in your ministry, whether it's it's in the improv uh, ministries of the comedy 
or uh, sex trafficking or, or information or what would you how would you lead people to um way to get a hold of you uh you can always uh, shoot us an email uh improv missionaries at giftsforglory.com and that's uh gifts the number four glory.com and uh the other way is find us on uh, facebook improv missionaries uh, i run the page so if you ever have a question you want to message us through the page it'll come right to me to my phone uh and we're available to help churches uh, with information about how to uh, uh, recognize the signs of trafficking, how to get your church involved in uh, being on the offensive to uh, combat this, this slavery in our country and around the world. Uh, there's an organization called uh, um, Operation Underground Railroad, which is where the uh, Sound of Freedom movie was based on. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Ballard and his uh, initial uh, foray into uh, trafficking. Uh, so there, there are a million and one ways to get involved, uh, and it's just like anything else in 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 faith. You know, the, the harvest field is ripe. We just need more workers, and whatever God is calling you to, uh, if you want to reach out and talk to us, uh, we'd love to direct you uh, wherever you can go. Uh, also, because we are U.S. missionaries, uh, we're relying on the church to uh, help us travel and minister to people. Uh, we'll never ask the people that we serve to uh, take care of us. We're relying on, uh, on God and the body of Christ to make sure that we can travel and do that. And you can find that information on how to get involved at uh, improvmissionaries.giftsforglory.com. Okay. Uh, also, we'll post that on the screen and also in the show notes. So, all right. Well, Dave, thanks very much for being on the uh, show today. I appreciate it. And you gave us some in- good information and, and some places to um, start walking toward and stuff like that. So thanks again, Dave, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, hey everybody else. you listening and watching the Ammonium Beat. I'm glad you're here. And uh, we'll catch you next week with another show. Remember, we like to encourage the world one story at a time. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production. Views and opinions of the guest are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. Check us out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and TikTok at the Millennium Beat. Or on Twitter at Millennium underscore Beat. If you would like to partner with us to reach the world, go to our website for more information. You can go to themillenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net Your financial support is greatly appreciated. We couldn't do all we do without your support. The Millennium Beat just updated our website from the ground up. Check it out at themillenniumbeat.com or you can get there by using millenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net where you'll be redirected to the millenniumbeat.com's homepage. I want to thank Mass Inbound for their awesome work on our website. If you're looking for somebody to build your site, I recommend them. You can reach them at massinbound.com. That is M-A-S-S-I-N-B-O-U-N-D.com. These are some of the things that you can find on our website. Homepage. You can watch our latest YouTube video or listen to our audio podcast. Also listed are some of the platforms our audio podcast is on. 
You'll find out when the next podcast will air and who the guests will be. On the top right, you'll find two red buttons, Learn How to Help and Become a Guest. Under Learn How to Help, you can become a partner, sponsor, contributor, or contribute to the future Millennium Bus. You can give one time or monthly recurring. The choice is yours. The other button is Be a Guest. Click it, go to the form, and fill it out, and we will get back to you. We would love to hear your story. Click the About Us drop-down where you'll find stats, where we are reaching people, and to find more information on our sponsors. Click on the Podcast drop-down, then click on the Calendar tab where it will tell you when the shows will air and who will be on them. Or if you need to know about any meetups of the Millennium Beat staff, partners, or listeners. Also, there might be on the calendar an event at which the Millennium Beat staff will be at. Click the Guest tab for all previous guests, links to their website, social media pages, and any store they might have. Click the Forms drop-down. There you'll find a release, be a guest, or become a sponsor form. Music.